Everybody, this is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, and welcome to The Boochcast. This week's episode is entitled, A Sober Ginger is a Happy Booch. <laughs> That's going to be the title of this week's episode. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we've got a hell of a great episode for The Boochcast this week. Um, but before, hold on, just one minute there, before I officially... Bring this here, gentlemen, to the show. There are three special instruments that must be played at the start 
of this show. Lutes. Files. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now. Feel the sweet spark of connection. If you don't screw up this moment somehow, maybe you won't die alone. Don't be too needy or bring up your ex. Don't say the words, herpes simplex. Don't ever mention you've never had sex. Trust me, I promise she knows. And now her defenses are starting to fall. Smile and return her affection. If you don't manage to ruin it all, maybe you won't die alone. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the man joining us right now here on the Bootscast for a variety show, which is why I played that wonderful music. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Absolutely. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Bootscast, the one, the only, the broke Solus Ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude to do dance gets It's me, the broke Solus Ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. First off, real quick, Bootscast fans. Listeners across the internet, radio rays. That's right, folks. It's that time. That time again for the Boosh Cast. Benny, fuck you. <laughs> what? What? Why would you say such things to me? Jeez. Why? Why would I say such things towards you? Yeah, I. I, I... The fucking title, you ball-headed fuck. Really? What? A sober ginger's a happy booch. What is wrong with that? Whatever. Okay. It does make me happy. (laughs) I mean, granted, you, I mean, I'll admit you behaved yourself at Revolution, you know, but it's true. When you're not plastered and acting like a moron or passing out in the middle of a fucking live stream, you make me happy when you're sober. It's you're fun to be around. You're a pleasure to be around somewhat. And you're not pissing me and everybody else around you off. So yes, a sober ginger is a happy booch. And I should care why. I'm your friend and you like hanging out with me. So... That's why you should care. That perspective. That's what I'm saying. Like you, if you want to keep hanging out with me, keep at, keep, keep, you know, the thing under your drinking under control. Uh, if you don't want to hang out with me, drink till you pass out. Then I'll block the number. Okay. Like, this is a, it's a simple concept, man. Pretty much, pretty much. But otherwise than that. <laughs> Okay, folks. Benny, how the hell you been doing? Oh, you know me, just fine and dandy. More, 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 more dandy than fine. You know, it's which one's worse? <laughs> well, anybody that knows me knows I am a workaholic. It has been the downfall of most of my relationships. 
Are you sure it's that? Yeah, positive. That's that's exactly the reason. I work a lot, and I hate talking on the phone, which are two things that women apparently don't like. They 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 like to jabber on and on and on on the phone, mm-hmm. and they like a guy who they want a guy who spends a lot of time with them, but also makes a lot of money. And for some reason, women have not wrapped their brains around the fact that it is impossible to have both. Very true. In today's worst, everything's so expensive. Yes, I'm saying like. You want a guy who makes a lot of money, he's not going to have a lot of time because he got to work to make that paper. But you can have a guy who has a lot of time with you but doesn't make a lot of money because he's spending most of his time with you and not enough time at the job. So that's pretty much how this shit works. Pretty much. By the way, this is doing just for shit and giggles. Remember a couple months ago we were listening to a certain M song called Business and you received a fuck up the lyrics? Yes. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> I just go like, and I start chuckling. I, yeah, I go, I did a bad boys movie. Like, dude, we really need to learn the words of this song. Yes, that was a, I would say that was a major problem for us. We were not aware of. The words to the song did not help matters. It was very, very difficult to get through because I don't really memorize the lyrics to a lot of songs. I know some, but only some that I've like heard consistently and on a regular basis. And I hadn't listened to Eminem in a long time. Like he's got a lot of new albums. I haven't listened to any of the songs. I don't hate Eminem. I just don't have time to listen, you know? So it's just not, it hasn't been on my radar. I understand that. I understand that. I understand that. As for me, folks, I'm just me. Just doing me. Still dishwashing. And I want to play the month and I got a statue of a rack of ribs. But my dumbass left it at work. <laughs> Oops. Yep. Not not smart. Not smart. But you want employee of the month. Yep. That's cool, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Me of all people. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, folks. Wow. 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 Well, are you really known for being a pain in the ass at your job, Zach? You're, you're pausing way too long for an audio show, genius. No one can see your facial expressions. Uh, no. Okay, that's fine. I'm just saying. You don't know. You're in the kitchen, so. I try not to be. Yeah, I know me. I'm. I. I. When I got employee of the month once, um, everybody looked. Everybody was like, I demand a recount because <laughs> they were wondering how the hell I got it. And the and the reason I got it is because I'm a hard worker. I used to always say, just because I don't whistle while I work doesn't mean I don't work. <laughs> I was. Just, yeah. I just fucking hated people and being at that job, but... You hate people? No. Never Vinny Bucci. He said he loves people. He loves talking on the phone and video expression. That is a totally uh, wrong thing. Am I right or am I wrong? What you just said was not only inaccurate, but incredibly dumb. Because everybody knows you're lying. They know you're lying. If you listen to the show long enough, (laughs) you know that is some crock of shit. Everything you just said. But yeah. And but the thing is, I've been working my ass off because I mean, and I'm still working hard. This is the thing. Like, obviously, I've had a lot of work to do at uh, HBMA. Um, ever since uh, I had two coworkers who got fired, so that upped my workload tremendously. Um, I mean, granted, my boss has taken over a good chunk of the work as well, 
Um, but I know that it's also a lot of stuff, a lot of responsibilities I didn't have before I have now, but it's okay. Cause I'm getting through it. But I also know that, you know, with buff, my workload went up as well. Cause there were a lot of, um, bookings we had to deal with. We were, we were, we had so many bookings at one time, which is good cause we're making money. But at the same time, it was hard to keep everything organized. And a lot of the bookings we have were from the UK. So we didn't have phone numbers we can get hold of. We had to do Facebook messenger, which buff is not a very tech savvy person. So, he is not. so that puts a lot of work on me. And that's not a knock on buff. That's just being honest. He's just not a tech savvy person. That's why I get paid for the work that I do. He's I have I have some level of tech savvy. So because of that, that's why I get paid the money I get paid. And that's why he hired me. Because he knows that I understand computers somewhat. I'm very proficient in social media. So I can help him with certain things that he doesn't understand. And that's why you should hire people for stuff like that. You know? You, okay. you, that's what you do. You pay for expertise. And when you have expertise in a certain field, you can make money at it. And that's what I do. You know? And everything I don't know how to do on the job, I've learned. And I've gotten a lot better at it. You know? So we've had a lot of good moments. It's just that right now, currently, and I, can, I found out that I can somewhat talk about this there's certain details i can't go into for legal reasons but i can now talk about this publicly buff bagwell right now as we speak is living in a house with diamond dallas page really yes oh i think you mentioned that before i i have but not on the show i think the name yes i told you i told you privately i told a few other people privately because i can trust you all you're not gossip queens so I know that if I tell you a secret, you'll keep a secret. It's not like a, it's not like one of those horrible secrets like, okay, and tell you the truth about trying to be a dick here. I forgot the next day. So that's actually a good thing. Cause sometimes I am a blabbermouth. Yeah. So I'm saying, but if, usually if I tell you to keep a secret. I you, shut the you, fuck up. Yes. Cause it's, it's, it's a respect thing and you're good at that. So, but now I can talk about it publicly. Uh, there's a, sh- there's a show that DDP is working on called Change or Die. That's the name of the show. And it's based off of, you know, the work he did with Jake the Snake and the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, 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 yeah. When Jake yeah. moved in with Dallas and got cleaned up and is now on the right track. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is kind of different because not everybody here has a drug or an alcohol problem. Most of them have a little bit of what Chris Farley would call a weight problem. You know, they got... They're, most of them are trying to lose weight. Some of them are trying to change their lives. And basically, these people are at a point where if they don't change their lifestyle, they're pretty much going to die. That's where they're at. That's why the show is called Change or Die. Because mm-hmm. their health is so fucked up that this is pretty much their last resort. So you can either change or die. Pretty much. Now, because obviously, and I want to clarify that, because obviously at the end of this show, obviously no one's going to die. That would be illegal. True. But they're basically saying your lifestyle, your habits are going to get you killed. Whether it's your eating habits, your drinking habits, your drug taking habits, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So you are going to have to change or die. And Buff was brought on this show because obviously, you know, uh, Buff has had a lot of problems. You know, he's had, he's had, you know, he's had a soma addiction for a long time that he was somewhat able to beat. Um, he's got alcohol issues. He does drink quite a lot. Um, you know, so that, and which, you know, became an issue over time. At first it wasn't, but eventually it did. Like this is a guy who used to take, you know, 40, 50 pills a day, drink a case of beer every day. Like him, like the wrestlers back then, back in the Attitude Era, the WCW Nitro Era, knew how to party. Mm. And they were all about the party. Yeah, they were all about the party. 
So Buff right now has reached the point where he needs to get his life together. And um, he agreed to come uh, move in with Dallas and be part of the show and get his life back on track. And obviously he's had a good support system. He has, or he has a good support system, I should say, because I've been supporting him every step of the way. Uh, his niece, Jana, has been a saint. She is an angel. She's been a tremendous help. So Buff knows he has us in his corner. And obviously, you know, Zach, you're, you're, you know, you're in his corner too, uh, as is Elvis. Every, and, and so many fans want Buff to get better. They do. They want him to get better, as well we all do. And he wants to get better, not only to, you know, make be healthy again, get his life back together, because he also has his injured knee that he has not been able to get fixed. So we're hoping that, you know, being part of the, uh, being on Change or Die and getting on the program will allow Buff to not only get off the, the drugs and alcohol, but also heal up his knee. And he'll be able to get back in the ring because that's the ultimate goal that Buff wants. Buff wants to get back in the ring and he wants to have one more run on television, whether it's at WWE or whether it's at AEW. He wants to get back in the ring. And it, that's been part of like the podcast that we've done, uh, Rebuilding Buff, which as of right now is on hiatus. I mean, we still, we got some live podcast shows we'll be doing, um, you know, across the country. Like, for example, um, yesterday, I say yesterday at the time you're listening to this, but yesterday uh, he was in Ohio doing a live podcast. April 1st, we'll be in Dallas, Texas doing a live podcast. I'll be doing stand-up and opening the show, and then Buff and Michael will go on stage and do the live podcast, tell stories, take questions from the audience all that stuff so it's gonna be a fun fun night so we're still gonna be doing those but as far as regular podcasts every week uh we're not we're putting it on hold until buff gets back from the from the show from from uh change or die and obviously like i said there's things that have happened on the show um i told zach one funny story i can't tell the story on here for legal reasons so we will not discuss it yeah we will not discuss it but once the show has aired officially, because I don't know where it's going to air, I've heard from the dirt sheets it might be on Netflix some point. I don't know, so I don't know exactly where it's going to air though. But I've heard Netflix is a possibility. But once the show has aired and everything's out there, then I will tell this story. It's a pretty funny story. So I will tell this story, but I'm not going to tell it for now. I'm, I'm keeping it under wraps because I don't want to get anybody in any trouble. So while Buff is you know away, you know on the program. Obviously, I still have, you know, the usual jobs I have to do, which is, uh, you know, um, you know, getting him to his weekend shows and stuff because, you know, he's doing the program, you know, Monday through Friday. But on the weekends, he does have some shows booked where he because he had some, you know, dates that he had booked prior to Dallas agreeing to let him do the show. So Dallas is willing to let him honor his dates and honor his commitments. The only catch is he has to uh, be tested every time he comes back to make sure he didn't drink or do any drugs while he was out of town. And that was why I was mentioning before I had a little uh, stressful moment uh, last week because um, after uh, the, re the revolution incident where we were driving on the road trying to do a recap and it ended up coming out shitty, I ended up editing it or even hearing it till I got home Monday night because I was stuck at the office all day because not only did I have work to do, I had to help Buff with a Delta flight and I was doing certain, and I've never really booked flights with Delta before or done anything like this. Like I rarely fly on airplanes. 
And usually when I'm booking flights, I'm doing them through third-party things. I don't go through the site directly. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of moving parts I had to do that I wasn't familiar with. And I was on the phone with customer service. Here's the thing I learned about Delta. Mm. They have the longest wait time of any customer service I've ever seen. You know how long they, the estimated wait time was? What? Three hours. Jesus. The length of a booch, of an average booch cast was three hours. Yeah. I was an hour in before a service, a customer service person finally picked up. I was there for so long trying to get all the, this flight book for Ohio that he, where Buff went to over the weekend. I was working so hard on that. I actually had to order McDonald's from DoorDash just so I could have something to eat while I was getting everything settled. We finally got everything settled. I came home. I went to look at the Revolution recap, found out it sucked. And that's when I told Zach, hey, we got to record it today and go do that. So then I afterwards. I was about that, was I? I was like, no, I wasn't upset about it. I was like, oh, God damn it. I was laying in my bed and I, and I had you on a, like on my on my left ear. I was like in my bed. I was like, God, so let's start with the topic. Vinny, what's been on your mind? Well, um, I'm going to finish this real quick to make the point. Uh, so I, that, that was part of the reason why I've been so exhausted all week was I thought originally when Buff moved into the house with Dallas, I knew I was still going to have a lot of work to do, like with the weekend stuff and everything. But I thought maybe, okay, maybe I'll get a break. My workload might decrease. So far, it's gotten crazier. <laughs> so the little vacation I thought I was going to get, I haven't gotten it. So, But don't get me wrong. I love my job. I want to clarify that. I love working for Buff. I love working for HVMA. So... It's actually, and this is what I, and this is the thing I'll get into right now is, and this is what I've learned. Whether you're doing what you love or you're doing what you hate, stress is going to be there. Just know that. Yep. But here's the, but there's a difference in the stress. And I used to call it like back in the day, there was good stress and there was Home Depot stress. This is before I worked at Lowe's, obviously. Now here's the difference. Here's the difference. Good stress is when you're tired, you're worn out, you're stressed out, you're a little annoyed, but you're still doing what you love to do. So it don't bother you as much. Mm -hmm. Like eventually that stress is going to go away. Eventually. Like with me, anytime I've been stressed out at HVMA, that stress instantly goes away the second I leave the office. Well, there you go. I don't, it doesn't come home with me. It doesn't fester in my brain. And with Buff, it's kind of the same way. All right. I the stress would go away yeah. the second I would leave his house or as soon as the job was done. Like once I finally booked the flight for Ohio, I was like, oh, okay, finally it's done. I can relax. With Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever, I would get angry and I would get stressed out. Angry and stressed out? Is that really what you call it? Okay, Zach, are you going to be sarcastic the whole time? People already know I'm, I was fucking miserable there, okay? I'm being sarcastic now, but I'll stop. Thank you. My point is, I would get angry, I would get stressed out, I would be fucking miserable, but it was also the fact that I hated working at Home Depot. I hated working at Lowe's. So I'm getting stressed out and I'm killing myself over a job that I hate. That's the worst feeling in the world to have when you are killing yourself and you're exhausted and you're putting hard work into something that you don't even fucking like. And I didn't. I hated working in retail. I hated dealing with customers. I hated not all my supervisors and bosses, but a good chunk of them. There's a few that I liked. I don't have time to name them, but there's a few that I liked. But the majority of them, I fucking hated. It drove me insane. <laughs> like, it was it was misery every day. With HVMA and working with Buff, I don't have that. Because even though, yes, at HVMA, Hillick and I have had a few butting head moments. 
But we've always cooled down and we've always been respectful to each other at the end because we both know the other person cares. Hillick knows I care about the job and I know he cares about me and values my work that he I'm putting does, in. He does, and so does Buff. Buff is the same way. He values the work that I put in, even when we butt heads. But the thing, with, and I'll grant it with Buff, I don't butt heads with him as much, but it has happened. Of course it's going to happen. So it's bound to happen. I, I figured it was going to happen eventually, but I was still shocked when it did. But we eventually cooled down. Everything was great. And we were able to move forward because Buff values the work that I put in. And I love working for him. He's, he's a genuine good guy. So I don't want that to get lost in the translation. I'm just saying that the <laughs> it, it has been a little hectic lately, but it's starting to die down now. And, you know, it's 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 good that way. So Well, let's hope it stays that way. I hope so, too, because these jobs are both awesome. So and another thing I'm going to get into right now is um I'm not sure if I've talked about this on the Boochcast or not, but if I have, I apologize because, like I said, my brain is fucking fried from all the work I've been doing. Um, But anyway, here it goes. Recently, my Instagram account got hacked. I remember this. Um, it happened uh, during the Royal Rumble uh, watch party when I was at Frank's house. And um, I was freaking out because I had no idea what the hell was going to happen. First of all, I don't understand these people who hack Instagram accounts. What are they hoping to accomplish? That's what I want to know. What's the end game? Because if you really think people are going to buy shit from you, they're not. No. People aren't falling for the Bitcoin hacks. Yeah, I'm not they're falling not. For Bitcoin ever. No one is. Like, why is this still a thing? I can understand if it was the 90s, back when, okay, people kind of fell for this shit. It don't happen no more. And the thing that bothered me the most was when I found out that all it was doing was trying to get people to buy Bitcoin, I kind of went, thank God. Because here was my fear. This, yeah. is, this is the thought that went through my head when my Instagram account got hacked. Was I was afraid that it was going to be a person that was going to start posting mean, nasty, inappropriate shit. You know, yeah. just like horrible fucking things. And people were going to think they were things that I said. So that's why I was putting videos out immediately. I went to the Boochcast Instagram page because it was still safe. And I put a bunch of videos out there. I went to Facebook. I went everywhere to make sure that none of this crazy shit happened. That nothing bad happened to the to my account. But I was also because I was worried about them saying like horrible inappropriate shit. You know, like uh, the white race is superior, or homosexuality is an abomination, or pineapple belongs on a pizza. You know, horrible shit that people shouldn't say if you're a good person with a good heart. And that terrified me. So I was putting everything out there going, if you hear this crazy shit, it's not from me. I remember that too. I remember that as well. Like, like, I'd be the first to defend you. Like, I defend the white supremacy. I was like, well, first off, that's bullshit because you hooked up with more black girls than white. Yes. <clears throat> so it would be embarrassing. But here's the thing. Like, there were some people, the only good thing that came out of my Instagram account getting hacked was I ended up talking to people I hadn't spoken to in years. Oh, really? Because so because they were all getting messages on Instagram. Everybody everybody felt the need to reach out to me and tell me my account got hacked. I started getting pissed off. I was like, it's like Vinny, your account got hacked. I know. Vinny, your account got hacked. I know. Vinny, your account your your account got hacked. I'm aware. Finally, I got to a point where it was like, Vinny, your account got hacked. I know. Hey, Vinny, your account got hacked. I know. <laughs> and then people get mad at me like, geez, what the hell is your problem? It's like, I'm. 
pretty sure I know it got hacked. At least I never bugged you because I don't use my Instagram. I know. By the way, if you ever get back on there, follow the new page. Uh, the new page is at Vinny the Booch Bucci. Now, I did learn something, though. And I'm going to give a little tip out here for all you guys, some Instagram advice. When my account got hacked, it is almost impossible to get it back. When your account gets hacked, the first thing they tell you to do is they give you this little, like, you, 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 they, they give you this little circle thing, and they tell you to turn your head and go look up and look down. And basically what you do is they're trying to get your facial recognition. So you have to have pictures of you on your Instagram page. So if you're one of those pages that doesn't put your face on there a lot, you put like designs and shit, this can fuck you up. What fucked me up was the fact that over the last several months leading up to my account getting hacked, if you were following me on Instagram, you know I posted a lot of pictures from the medieval torture museum that I went to in St. Augustine. I went to visit my dad last year in Jacksonville. One of the places we went to was the medieval torture museum. I had to go. I took pictures, I toured the place, it was awesome, and I was posting a lot of pictures from it. I was doing it day by day by day because I wanted all the stuff up there. And Instagram only allows you to put 10 pictures in a carousel at one time. So because I didn't have a lot of pictures of me on there, that's why it was hard to get it back. So here's my Instagram tip to avoid losing your account if it gets hacked. Once a week on your page, post a selfie. Because apparently when you post a selfie, they can see your face and recognize you. Also. Try to have a consistent face. And what I mean by that is, if you're somebody that wears facial hair a lot, try to make your selfie have facial hair. If you're clean shaven a lot, have an Instagram uh, picture that has, you know, clean shaven face. Also, if you happen to grow out a beard and a lot of your most recent selfies have a beard on them, try to grow the hair out before you you try to get your account back. Or if you have a beard, but a lot of your pictures are clean shaven and you suddenly have a beard on the day it gets hacked, shave that motherfucker before you do the account. Otherwise that can hurt you. So if you don't have a lot of pictures of yourself, so I used to think people on Instagram who took selfies were just narcissistic losers. Turns out they're protecting their account. Mm -hmm. So a selfie is actually good. That's why I'm coming up with a whole Instagram strategy now that I'm a social media manager yeah. for my Instagram. And that's what I'm gonna be doing when I when I start posting more content. Because so far all I have up there is I have a selfie. Mm. I posted that only because at the time I was following a lot of people, a lot of people were following back, and Zach was on the phone yakking away, so I, I had to make sure people knew that was me and not a fake account. Then the second thing I posted was a video explaining to people, this is Vinny Bucci, this video. is the Booch. I put that second video up there. Then the third picture I put was a picture of my old account and how the guy changed the Instagram handle and basically saying, it's hacked, don't get back in there, whatever the fuck you do, don't touch it. And then the fourth picture I posted recently was a picture of me and Al Snow. Because at the last show I went to at Buff, well, before the, actually, no, it was the week before that, uh, we were at the uh, School of Morton in Jonesboro, Tennessee. And Al Snow was there doing a seminar before the show. Basically, the indie wrestlers would get in the ring, cut promos, work matches, and Al Snow would critique everybody. And Al Snow, I was a big fan of when he was in WWE. Yeah. And also in TNA. I didn't see a lot of his ECW run, so I can't say ECW. Because I didn't watch ECW. I only recently watched the pay-per-views, do the pay-per-view reviews, which a couple of those are going to be coming out. But anyway. I bet those are going to be interesting to hear. Oh, yeah. Especially with Gator on them. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, but what happened was, without Snow, I also learned a lot about the business from him. Most of my uh, knowledge that I have about the business and how it works, most of it came from Al Snow. A lot of people like to think it was Cornette. And to a degree, Cornette and I have a lot of things in common. 
But most of my knowledge came from Al Snow and watching his shoot interviews and listening to the, how smart he is when it comes to the business. And Al Snow gave a lot of advice to a lot of these guys. And he did say something interesting that I want to get your take on, Zach. Mm. You know, a lot of times when wrestlers get in the ring, a lot of the indie guys or newer guys, they they, they use the word business to describe wrestling. Mm-hmm. And we do it too. Like, we call it the business. Yeah, true. You know, I'm going to get to the top of this business. I'm the biggest star in this business. I'm the best in the business today. Al gave a piece of advice. He said, if you're a wrestler, why are you calling it the business? He said, when you hear football players or baseball players or even basketball players talk about the NBA, the NFL, or the MLB, do they say, I love the business? Or do they say, I love the sport? What do players say? I love the sport or say, I love the game. The game, yes. But they never say they love the business, do they? No, no, they don't. I see where it comes from. However, now, business owners, the owners of the teams, and the owners of the MLB, NFL, and NBA, respectfully, they'll call it, they call it a business because they work in the business, but the players never call it the business. True. So technically, as a wrestler, you're an athlete. Mm-hmm. You're a player. You don't call it the business. Call it the sport. Sport. I thought that was fucking brilliant. And I, and you, here's the, you know what was so brilliant about that? What? I never fucking thought of that. You know what I mean, either. I would hear people call it the business. That shit would just go way over my head. But as soon as he said those words, I went, fuck me, that is brilliant. I looked at Al Snow and I was like, I, I never thought of that. That blew my fucking mind. I don't know. What do you think, Zach? Uh, I agree. He makes a point, especially with those uh, NFL, NBA, and MLB references. Got a point. You're not he's a, the business. I'm the top of this sport. Not the top of the business. Hey, I'm the top of the sport. I'm the best in this sport. But yeah, he makes a very, very good point. Okay, moving on. All right, there, folks. Couple of what? A good what? Month or two? You got COVID, right? Yes, I I, I discussed that on the last uh, variety show that Elvis and I did. Guess what happened to me? You got it too. Yeah, and officially that shit sucks. Doesn't it? I, I mean, like, I went to bed. I was fine and normal. Maybe more than I usually am now. As soon as I, like, ate, I fell down. 20 minutes later, I just started feeling weird. And I was, I was like, wait a minute. I didn't drink this much. I didn't smoke this much. And I was, I was like, uh-oh. I was, I was like, I know what the hell this is. And I went out there. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I basically, you know, dinner came out. You threw up. Yeah, I, I basically threw up. I went back to my room. Thought I was okay. 30 seconds later, I'm running right back to the bathroom. As soon as I had done the chills, the aches, I felt like I just went through hell. And I went to work. They were like, they looked at me like, uh-uh, go. I was, I was like, let to get a test. And said, well, you know in 24 hours, I do less than 12. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you get a PCR? Yeah. Why? Because the only time I could tell, it was the quickest way I could do it. it didn't no, take- no, there isn't. I tried. The, you tried to get the rapid test. Yes, and they wouldn't let me. I why wouldn't? They, why, why would they not let you take a rapid test? Because I wasn't close to anybody, and I didn't want to feel like anybody's place. The closest place was the closest place to my work, and I, the only place I could think of. So basically, you're saying the one place you went to did not allow for rapid testing. They did, but I didn't have the right health insurance at the time. Wait, what? If you have health insurance, you get it for free. If not, you just you you get it for free still. You just have to wait for a couple of days, like a 24 hours. Wait, wait, wait. You you have to have health insurance? Yeah. Just, to get a rapid test? Since when? 
What's wrong with this place? I didn't feel like going to CVS or staying out in the cold. I can go inside. Dude, you could have went to the place I went to. I couldn't get in nobody's car. I had it. What was I supposed to do? First of all, Zach, you didn't even know for sure if you had it. Oh, I knew for sure. I'm In my head I did, but it was the only place I could do. Drop it. I already had it, and I don't like talking about it. I mean, it was a miserable time. I'm done. I'm good. All right, we'll drop the subject, despite the fact that you brought it up. Yeah, I know, I know. I just don't want to talk about it. But there's another story that I want to tell what happened to me. All right. A couple of months ago, I had to go to the hospital. Don't worry. It was nothing serious. I had, I uh, broke a, uh, a uh, dish at work on my middle finger on my right hand. My favorite finger. Okay. Anyways, I had to go in there, get shot, prod it up, and I had to get five stitches in, in my hand into my finger. <laughs> I call up Vinny because the first thought and I should have thought about this and I go like I'm in a hospital. It's like what the fuck? I go like and, and, and I go like it's for stitches and he says like he always <coughs> says to stay and then leave with that. Did you not? Yes. <laughs> and I think I'm right. You are. You are. You are. Hold on. Hold on. You, you need to open. You, you don't just say I'm in the hospital because I'm in the hospital. Can mean a million different things. I am getting stitches. I have a broken bone. I have an illness that's terminal. I could be getting surgery. I had a heart attack. There's a million different things that can happen if you just say, I'm in the hospital. Say, I'm in the hospital. Don't worry, I'm just getting stitches. Okay, I ain't gotta worry about that. It's like, what the fuck, bro? You don't send cryptic shit like that. That is, that is fucked up on so many levels. Anyway, continue your story. So I went there. I mean, everything was fine. And I think going to the hospital, it got me COVID. But anyways, find Danny. Vinny came and get, uh, got me. And I think the first words came out of the weather, take me to a gas station. <laughs> and he goes, absolutely. He says, again, we came back to the house. We chilled. And uh, yeah. So, Vinny, you're up. What do you have to say? Um, well, obviously, you wanted to go to a gas station. I'm like, of course he does. Can you blame me? <laughs> no. At this point, I'm never surprised. <laughs> you always want to stop at a gas station. Hell, you wanted to stop on a gas station on the way over here to the house to do all the recording that we're doing. Mm. So <clears throat> I'm never shocked when you want to go get to a, go to a gas station and get something. I'm never surprised. And it's usually alcohol. Not a surprise. You're so, used to it. Yeah, I'm used to it. Um, and of course, we weren't recording anything. We were going to your house, and you just got in stitches. So this is one of the rare moments where you bought a lot of alcohol, and I didn't bitch about it. I was like, hey, he's, he's hurt. Let him drink. He's hurt. Let him drink. I'm not recording anything. He's not. He can't fuck anything else up in my life unless he pukes all over the inside of my car. I, I don't know. Anything could happen at this point. True, but okay, I don't really have that under control. Yes, so yeah, so yeah, but it was funny because he had this big-ass bandage on his middle finger. So that's kind of funny. He goes, hey, hey, where'd you get hurt? Boom, and he just flips people off. And it's like so blatantly obvious. It's fucking hilarious. Like, you can't write this shit. Just, I would do that all the time if I had a bandage <laughs> on my middle finger. Hey, can I see the cut? Here it is. <laughs> I did that. She goes, so where'd you get my cut? I go like this right here. And then he starts, he goes, he goes, he goes, <laughs> you start laughing about that. I did. <laughs> I mean, because I couldn't, I couldn't get mad because that's what the, I could, it's not like I could be like, hey, fuck you too, man. It's like, no, that's where the cut is, you know? So it was funny. That shit made me laugh, <laughs> which Zach doesn't do often. 
But yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was legit hilarious. So yeah, of course, uh, obviously your finger's better now, you know, so everything is uh, good there. And obviously both of us are COVID free. Yes, although although some people still think I have COVID only because I'm still coughing. But here's I always what people, have to cough. Well, here's the thing that people don't understand about the cough. And I had to explain this to Buff and a lot of other people. Here's the issue with the cough, okay? I, on average, get sick at least twice a year. You do. Once in the winter when it's cold as balls. Mm -hmm. And again in the spring during pollen season. A lot longer in the spring with you. Yes. It's, it's, it, it, the pollen fucks with me. I am allergic to pollen. When the pollen count is high, it fucks with me. I'm going to sneeze a lot. I'm going to cough a lot. That's just the way it goes. So naturally, when I cough a lot, I don't see it as a big deal because it goes away eventually. For whatever reason, this the cough kept staying. That's right around the time when I got COVID. Because that was the worst thing that happened to me when I got it was I had the really bad chronic cough. Like it was heavy. It was bad. Once I got done with COVID, once I beat COVID, that cough went away. But because I do smoke from time to time, like right now I'm smoking, which is why I've been coughing a little bit on this podcast. <laughs> and I still smoke cigarettes. Why do I still smoke cigarettes? Because I'm still under stress from my jobs. I'm getting through it. I'm trying to, I'm not bitching and complaining, at least not to anyone's face. But I still need the cigarettes to deal with the stress. So I still cough a lot. The problem is some people think it's still the same cough and they want me to go get checked out or go to a doctor or whatever the fuck. But here's the thing. I'll go a whole day without coughing. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly I'll cough again. Like literally, like yesterday, I barely coughed a lot that much. I mean, I know, uh, I know over the weekend I did a bit of coughing, you know, and you know, like I said, right now I'm smoking. So there's some coughing going on, but Right now, I don't have the same bad, horrible cough that I did back when I had COVID. This is a smoking cough. And some people say, well, maybe, Vinny, you should quit smoking. Well, I'll quit smoking when people quit pissing me off. And that's probably never going to happen. Exactly. All right. Move it on. Move it on. Vinny, do you have anything to say? Um, well, as far as what's going on in my personal life, I pretty much summed it up. But uh, I got some wrestling talk if you want to get into that. Okie dokie. All right. I got a few things I got pulled up here. Um, we got, well, first of all, we got we to address this. And that, of course, is the WWE Hall of Fame is coming up. And they got two inductees officially announced and one rumor. The first is obviously The Undertaker. Yes, about time. Zach, I know you and Elvis are the, I mean, you and Desmond, sorry, are the biggest Undertaker fans in the world. So I'll let you share your thoughts on this for a moment. About time. Really? That's all I have to say. About time. Thank you. Yeah, I figured this was going to happen with Kane going in, uh, and then last year and this year with The Undertaker. But you never know. In the future, we could see Kane and Undertaker become two-time Hall of Famers if the Brothers Destruction go in there. Yeah. But otherwise than that, I think fantastic. He's well-deserving. He's one of those people who've beaten everybody, even though some wrestlers should have gone against him at WrestleMania. Like, I can name top three, Hulk Hogan, Rock, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think those three should have at least gone against him at WrestleMania. I think that would bite a lot more than, I know I hate to say this, Mark Henry, more than Kane the second time, or maybe over a couple other people. The same. Well, the thing is, you have to take into account that, that. this is the thing about The Undertaker and his streak. His streak was an accident. You told me that before. They didn't even realize until he was facing Ric Flair that he was undefeated at WrestleMania. That's why at the end of that match, when he beat Flair, he went, he did the whole 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. He was acknowledging he was 10-0 at Mania. Yeah. 
So that's where that came from. And it wasn't until Randy Orton challenged him that they started bringing up the fact that it was trying to beat the streak. Everything before that and around that was just rivalries that were built up and they had to go to that, they had to go to Mania. Yeah, I can see that. And then all of a sudden, they started making it about the streak right around when Shawn Michaels started facing him. And then it became a thing with Triple H. And then it became a thing with CM Punk. And that's when really the streak became a thing. Even with like him facing Edge and whatever, that's when the whole streak thing really started to get brought up. And then, of course, Vince decided ultimately Brock would be the one to beat it. Then, of course, we had a few other matches, and then Taker finally decided to retire. Thank God. And uh, and there's and now and of course, you know, when everybody that comes in the Hall of Fame, there's always fucking critics and shit. And I, I'm gonna say this, and I'm and I know I'm gonna piss off a lot of people with what I'm about to say. I always tend to when I speak real. And the first thing I'm gonna say is a lot of fans are bitching about the fact that The Undertaker is not going into the Hall of Fame by himself. There's at least a few other people that are going to go in there with him. One of which has already been announced. We'll get to him. But a lot of people are like, Taker should go in by himself. No, she, no he shouldn't. No. No. Only no, one wrestler has ever gone to the Hall of Fame solo by himself, and that was the first ever inductee, Andre the Giant. Other than that, nobody, nobody else has gone in. And I'm going to say this about wrestling fans, and y'all are going to hate me for this, but I speak the truth. You guys put Undertaker on a pedestal that is goddamn ridiculous. All of you do. Because let me tell you the truth about The Undertaker. The Undertaker was a top guy. Notice that I said a top guy. At no point in his career was he the number one guy in the business. He was the number one locker room leader. He commanded respect in the locker room and kept everybody in check. But he was never the number one top guy that drew the money. He was the guy who worked with the guys that drew the money. That's true. And helped make them better. That is how this played out. Fact. That's how this worked. The Undertaker also, believe it or not, outside the ring, is a bit of a prick. I heard that too. Like, if I ever saw him, say I'm in Texas where you live, I ever saw him, I'd be like, oh, just look at him. I want to wait and just look at him, just look at him. Just cool. I just see you guys see where you guys see how I was like, I heard he doesn't like being bothered. Well, he doesn't. Most wrestlers don't. But here's the issue. Apparently, earlier this month, actually was the weekend of my birthday, The Undertaker was at an autograph signing in New York. Okay. And from what I've read, he damn near caused a riot pissing off the fans. Why? Well, here's the funny thing. Undertaker had a really long line of people wanting his autograph. Naturally, it's The Undertaker. Do you know how much it costs, or at least at this particular signing, to get an autograph from The Undertaker? How much? $200. You got 200 bucks for an autograph, Zach? I do not have $200 for, for, for that. I have it, but no. So you got a long line. All these people are paying 200 bucks to get an autograph. He's practically scribbling on the damn paper. You can't see a signature. No damage. He's moving so fast trying to get the line to move. He wants the line to move fast, 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 fast. Because like most wrestlers in the business, they're trying to get in and out of an autograph sign as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And it's something that... And, I, and again, I bring I bring his name up because he's the only wrestler that I associate with. Buff and I were talking about this because Buff was at that same show. He was the one that came and told me all this. And we were literally sitting there like we're, he has these recliners in his house. So literally he's on one recliner, I'm on the other recliner. We're just sitting there talking. Friends is on the TV. And I literally looked over at him and I just finally said, why do wrestlers hate autograph signings so much? I would love for someone in the business to sit me down and tell me why it's such a problem. Why it's such a burden 
for you to sit at a table and have people come up to you who love you, respect you, admire you enough to pay you money to get your signature on a picture or sit there with their camera or their phone and take a picture with you that they're going to put on social media and say, Hey, I met the undertaker. My life is complete. Don't, don't look and you know, fans would say that shit. I got to meet the phenom. I got to meet the, the bat, the big dog in the yard, the undertaker. Woo, the phenom. I did the, I did the same thing when I met Jeff Hardy. Yes, you did. <laughs> and how was Jeff Hardy when you met him? He was cool. Cool, wasn't he? he? he was like, like, I didn't know that he was like, what's up, man? He goes, I'm like, I'm like, and, and Vinny was right beside him. He goes like, Zach, you can talk. <laughs> he goes like, I, like, I mean, they get, and they get it. I mean, like, I go like, I go like, I go like, Vinny, he goes, what? Jeff Hardy. I was like, yes, I know Zach. I was like, it's Jeff Hardy. I was like, I got him. Shake Jeff Hardy's hand. That was going. I never washed his hand. Twenty minutes later, go take a piss. Guess what I did? I washed my hand. I was like, damn it. And he goes, I washed my hand. He goes, seriously? I was like, oh my god. But the thing is, but you see, Jeff was happy to see you, and that made your whole fucking rest of your night, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I did, actually. Zach was on cloud nine as we walked <laughs> all the way to the fucking stadium. <laughs> but here's the thing. So the Undertaker's not even putting signatures on the paper. He's just scribbling. But the thing bothers me is, this is the thing I don't get. Mm. If I was, first of all, you should be glad that anybody's coming to your table at all. There's a certain guy in the business named Virgil. Nobody goes to his table. He is the saddest, most pathetic person left in the business because he literally sets up. He he'll, he's a guy that'll set up a gimmick table in a fucking subway station just to get people to say hello to him, even though nobody gives a shit about him because he was just a, ba- a manager for fucking Ted DiBiase. Nobody gives a shit about Virgil, but it just bothers me that they just bi- that you you're just so miserable to talk to fans. Here's what you do: you sit in a chair and you get paid money. Here's the thing. These wrestlers don't just get paid for the money. Don't Just don't get paid for the autographs. They get paid just to appear. So even if they don't sell one single picture or one single piece of merchandise, they at least walk away with money in their pocket. Mm-hmm. And that can be anywhere from 500 bucks. A thousand, two thousand, five thousand. I know in Sting's case it's twenty-five grand. Undertaker's probably making fifty grand. I don't know, but either way, that's the money they get, even if they don't sign anything. If you get gimmick money on top of that, depending on your deal, you either get to keep the gimmick money on top of your pay, or in some cases you don't take home the gimmick money because they might keep a portion of it, depending on who you're working for. Because do they do have gimmick, they do have deals like that where that way the guy makes because most of the time if you're paying somebody a huge amount of money, they we they usually keep the gimmicks. So they make their money back in the gimmicks that they sell. So that's that's how they make their money back. That's how they're expected to make their money back anyway. So that's why I find it so goddamn ridiculous that wrestlers just bitch and complain about this shit. I can see that. It's like, dude, sign an autograph, take a picture, collect your money and go. But understand, the fans are the ones who keep you around. Like, I know there are some fans out there who are fucking marks. And they're assholes. Or they can be very, very annoying. Trust me, I know they can be annoying. Yeah, you mentioned that before. But there are also fans out there who are respectful, love the business. That's true. Love you. Yep. And want to meet you. And sometimes, depending on if whether or not you're their favorite wrestler, meeting you can be the highlight of their life. You make somebody happy 
just by them being able to see you. That is something that I would never take for granted. Hell, I remember when Buff and I were at the collision, the Culture Collision Expo. There were a couple people that came up to our table that were regular guys fans and wanted to say hi to me. Ah, I can see that happening, maybe. Yeah, because it was in, it was here in Atlanta. Well, so naturally, uh, here in Atlanta, I'm bound to meet a regular guys fan somewhere. If we're at a state, nobody fucking knows who I am. Let's just be honest. I have Atlanta fame. Yes, you do. Hopefully someday I'll have fame outside of Atlanta. But for now, I just have Atlanta fame. And that made my day. Just how I made theirs. They got to see me. Say hello. Say hi. Find out what I've been up to since, since the show's been shut down. Since the show ended. Like, what's going on? Fans love that. Like, they love to meet people that they respect and admire or even idolize. And I'm not saying those fans idolized me. They probably didn't. But they, they definitely loved me. And thought I was worth a damn to come over and say hi to me when there's a when when you got like Buff Bagwell, Teddy Long, Michael Big, Chad Ochocinco. There's a million people you can go say hi to. You come over to say hi to me. Mm-hmm. Damn. So that's a big fucking deal. And I think people should respect that. But anyway, I, I know I'm, I know I went way off topic on that one, but my problem is Tigger didn't deserve a solo a solo Hall of Fame. He doesn't. He does he deserve to go in? Yes. He's definitely the valedictorian of this class. Unless The Rock gets inducted. Then he's going higher than Taker. But I'm sorry. Taker was not is not as great as everyone makes him out to be. He's not. I'm tired of people putting him on this untouchable pedestal where you can't criticize him. You can't say anything wrong with him. And people are hypocrites. And in fact, if you don't believe me, wait till the uh, Double Life of Chris Canyon comes out. Mm-hmm. I'll have some more eye-opening shit for you guys. And there's another funny thing I like to talk about. One of the biggest things Chris Jericho got shit for and what Ric Flair has gotten shit for was donating money to Trump's campaign when he ran for president. You know who else donated money to Trump's campaign? Who? The Undertaker. Uh, You want to call him a piece of shit? No. You want to say he deserves to be stricken from the record books? You want to say he's a deplorable asshole because he gave money to Donald Trump? That's not a question I'm asking Zach. I'm asking listeners that. You suddenly have that same belief or are you going to make an exception for the dead man? Didn't think so. All right. Okay. All right. You got anything else you want to talk about? Yes, because the reason he's not getting a solo spot is because someone else is going in the Hall of Fame. Yes, that's true. Vader yes. is going in the Hall of Fame. Yes, that's true. He will be post-humulus, humulus, however the fuck they pronounce that shit. Whatever it means, the dead guy. Because they always put one dead person in a year. And this yeah. year, it's going to be Vader. And a lot of people, obviously everyone, a lot of people who are wrestling fans are happy that Vader's going in. I, for one, am happy he's going in because I thought Vader was a great wrestler, great character, great gimmick, one of the best big men ever. Oh, he was huge. Now, granted, his biggest problem was he had heart issues. Uh, In fact, DDP got a lot of heat for a while because Vader went to DDP for help, but Vader still wanted to wrestle. And DDP said, look, this program only works if you take time off from the ring. But Vader couldn't because he had to make money. And he said, well, look, dude, if you want to do some autograph signings or appearances, I'll approve that. But if you're wrestling, I can't help you because you're just going to fuck up everything that I'm going to do for you. So DDP wasn't able to help Vader, and everybody gave DDP crap for turning down Vader. Well, he had to go into medical reasons. It wouldn't work. Yeah, Vader, yeah, DDP said, like, everybody that's, you know, worked out with him with DDP Yoga has pretty much taken breaks from the ring to get on the program. Then once they got to where they were, they were able to get back in the ring. So so it's not that Vader could never wrestle again. He just had to take a break from it to at least get on the program because it could fuck everything up. So that was that issue. But a lot of people were, of course, once again, people are bitching. True. And here's why people are bitching. Everybody's like, why couldn't WWE induct Vader into the Hall of Fame when he was alive? 
I have no clue. Here's the thing. I don't know. Me neither. And who gives a fuck? Who cares? As long as he goes into the Hall of Fame, I don't care. I don't know. Maybe it's because Vader was on bad terms with WWE. That could be it. Because a lot of times, that's the reason. And it also, here's the thing about the Hall of Fame that people don't fucking get. Is the Hall of Fame is very complicated. It's not just, oh, uh, I want this person in the Hall of Fame, so they go in. There's a lot of moving parts that go into it. First of all, Bruno San Martino. Yep. One of the all-time greats of professional wrestling. And the man who belong. I mean, everybody gives a story about their Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Bruno San Martino is the first head to go on the Mount Rushmore. Agreed. Now, at some point, if you want the other three, I'll give you the other three. But Bruno San Martino is the one that goes on there. Agree with that. He didn't get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame until 2013. Would anyone like to know why it took that long? Why? He kept saying no every time they asked him. Because Bruno San Martino, here's the funny part, hated the Attitude Era. Really? Yes. He didn't like the sex. He didn't like the drug jokes. He didn't like the fact that so many people were, you know, a lot of people were doing like pills and shit during the Attitude Era. It was not a healthy time for the company. It wasn't until the company went PG and started drug testing and doing concussion protocols that Bruno suddenly changed his mind about the WWE. And he didn't realize all this until Triple H reached out to him and convinced Bruno to come to the Hall of Fame. And once he saw that WWE had changed their ways... He was willing to go in the Hall of Fame. I can see that. I can see that about the band, his character. It was very oversexed in that era, too, but I was complaining when I was watching it. Neither was I. So, hey, Any more topics you want to talk about? Yeah, I'm still I'm still going to go, man. I got, I'm got. i trying to finish the topic I'm on. Oh, sorry. So, a lot of times, people say no. That's why they don't go in. And also, there's other factors, like the, like the case with Owen Hart. Everybody wants Owen Hart to go in the Hall of Fame. Everybody wants to see Owen Hart go in the Hall of Fame. We talked about this on the dark side of the ring, but I'll only mention this briefly. The reason Owen Hart is not in the Hall of Fame and will never go in the Hall of Fame is because his wife won't allow it to happen. Because she still blames WWE for Owen's death. Her children blame WWE for Owen's death. They think Vince McMahon is the devil. And her daughter actually said she wishes her father never wrestled because she thinks if he never wrestled, he'd still be alive today. Mm. So they uh, they not only hate Vince, they hate the business. Yeah. All they see is a business that took their father away from them or my husband away from me. So now they got some level of respect for AEW, but that's only because Chris Jericho has been such a great friend to the family for years. So, but she never really watches AEW, but she does... Uh, you know, listen to Jericho's podcast and was and was a guest on his podcast to talk about what happened on Dark Side of the Ring. But yeah, that's another reason. So there's a lot of facts that go into the Hall of Fame. And sometimes if you got bad blood with somebody, it's easier to put them in when they're dead. Mm-hmm. It's just and but also it has to go to the estate once you die. So if your if your wife or your husband or your father or your mother or your brother or whoever if they say no, you don't go in. It, it's that simple. So there's a lot of factors. So I don't give a fuck about him going in alive or dead. I'm just glad he's going in. Yep. He deserves it. And now there's a rumor, this has not been confirmed yet, but apparently Psycho Sid is going to go into the Hall of Fame. I see that as well. I saw that earlier today when we were driving over to wherever we were going. Probably head back here. So I've been telling you because he probably hasn't been. I don't know. what. We, now, like I said, we don't know if he's going in or not. But what are your thoughts? He deserves it. I never had a problem with Psycho Sid. He's a two-time WWE champion. He was, they go against the Undertaker at WrestleMania, but he's got my respect. I never had a problem with him. What about you? Um, I like Sid Vicious. I know there's a lot of people in the business who don't, and people have had opinions of him. Like, they questioned his love for the business and 
you know, a lot of other things. But my, my thing is, I, I was a fan of Sid. I liked him in WWE. I liked him in WCW. Um, I loved his rivalries with, like, Goldberg and, you know, Hogan and everything else. Like, Sid was a badass, man. He was. He, I've even seen some of his ECW appearances on the pay-per-view reviews, and he was great. So I would love to see Sid go in the Hall of Fame. Yep, same I, here, I, same, I, here, same here. I think he deserves it. So. Yeah, so do I, so do I, so do I, so do I, so do I. So yeah, and then of course, uh, here's one more bit of wrestling talk before we get into any other uh, topics. I'll let, we'll pick whatever they are. But apparently, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. Kevin Owens talked a lot about uh, crap about Texas, so let's um, we'll see where this goes. You, have it, you explain to me way better, so you take the cake. Well, here's my thing, my issue with this. I Do I think the match will be great? Yes, depending on what they do, because they said whether you call it a, a KO show, a match, a fight, a brawl, doesn't matter. So I like the fact they're opening it up to any possibility. It could just be a Kevin O's show appearance, like a Piper's Pick kind of thing. It could be an actual match with a referee and all. It could just be them getting into a fight. Either way, Austin's beating the hell out of Kevin Owens. It's not going to be an interview segment. It's going to be a fight. I would love this. But the thing I find interesting is there's so many times we've wanted Austin to come out of retirement. There is. There's to have a match with Hogan because Austin and Hogan's been the dream match because they are the two other guys who belong on that Mount Rushmore that I was telling you about. Yeah. And if you want... I'll give you the last name later. Okay. But it's Bruno San Martino, Hulk Hogan, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because mm-hmm. Hogan and Austin are two guys who are number one in their respected eras. True. Hogan ran the 80s. Austin ran the Attitude Era. They were number one guys, top guys, drew money, and were immensely popular and successful. Very well done talent. So that would have been great. People wanted to see Austin versus Goldberg during the WCW, during the Monday Night Wars. Goldberg was there in 2004. Couldn't pull Austin out of retirement for that. 2012, CM Punk challenged Austin. Austin even said, you know, back then, you know, if I was to have one more match, I think CM Punk would be the way to go. Didn't come out for that. Multiple chances for him to have matches with John Cena. Because Cena said his dream match would be against Austin. Because he already faced The Rock. By the way, that's the last name on the Mount Rushmore. That's the Mount Rushmore wrestling. Bruno San Martino, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena. Because when all those guys were number one, nobody was better than them. That's true. Nobody. They were all the number one guys in their eras. Nobody drew more money, nobody was more popular, and nobody was more captivating with the crowd. So yeah, but instead, it took Kevin Owens mocking the state of Texas, yeah, which is something straight out of a SpongeBob cartoon, <laughs> to get Stone Cold to come out. Basically, Kevin Owens is Patrick, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is Sandy. That's pretty much... What's going on here? That's that's the situation we're dealing with at this current point in time. Is that? It's like, you know, hey, can I say this hat from Texas is dumb? <laughs> can we say shoes from Texas are dumb? No, you can't. Don't you ever take the name of Texas in vain. That's pretty much what the fuck we're dealing with here. A a scene from a SpongeBob episode is building up a WrestleMania match between Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Zach, your thoughts? I agree with you. Um, okay. But let's see where this goes. I mean, for real? I mean, for what? Stone Cold return to WrestleMania at in Texas. Yeah, he's going to get the biggest pop of the night. Absolutely, he will. So, um, so Zach, uh, is there any other topics you want to get into? Yeah, so this will be probably the uh, last talk of the night because it is getting kind of late and I want to get home. 
of time. Uh, is this. Recent events, even though this just got brought up on the show, <clears throat> is, uh, well, it was the, uh, little thing that piece of crap Brian Kendrick said that the Holocaust did not happen. Um, okay, uh, yeah, so back in during that time, 11 people, I don't know, then he just disappeared? Uh, yeah. Really? Apparently. There's, there's proven fact that it happened. As of right now, I can see to you almost as bad as Chris Monroe for what you just said. All your, uh, great things and everything else just went out the window, man. Really? And I don't care if I feel as fuck if I get heat or not. Don't blame Benny. I said it, so shame on you. Well, yeah, I agree. Brian Kendrick said what he said was deplorable. Do I think it's worse than Chris Benoit? No. Okay. No. I'm sorry. Chris Benoit, Killing no. a seven-year-old child overrules denying the Holocaust. I'm sorry. Oh. It does. He's a same list. Oh, yeah. He's definitely an asshole. I'm not denying that. Okay. I'm just saying he's not worse than Chris Benoit. It, he's not. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. It's still a further thing to do. And, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I had no problems with Tony Khan saying Brian Kendrick could not wrestle for AEW because of what he said. I don't. Me neither. Me neither. Me neither. Me neither. What I have a problem with is that Tony Khan is not consistent with his beliefs. See, my I'm a firm believer in this. First of all, I don't like to give people shit for things they said 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Okay? We've all said stupid shit in our lives. True. And at times we do say things that we regret later. And the question is, do you regret the things that you said in the past? Now, obviously, some people are going, well, they're only saying that because it's getting brought up now. Well, yeah. Here's the thing people don't understand, especially the libtard snowflakes. When people make mistakes in their past, they don't bring them up randomly in public. No, we don't. We don't. We don't. We don't. I think everybody in this country has made a mistake there. I don't want to talk about that. That was a long time ago. Especially men. We're not going to plead guilty to a crime nobody knows about yet. But if a crime is brought to our attention, then we will talk about it. Yeah, I agree. Okay, then we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say this. What? If you're going to give somebody shit for something they said 10 years ago or 20 years ago or whatever, then you need to have that same consistency with everyone. You don't get to cherry pick who you're mad at. So my belief is if Brian Kendrick goes down for actions he said 10 years ago, then a certain individual should be getting that same fucking treatment. And of course, I'm talking about Excalibur, the worst commentator in professional wrestling. The man who makes Byron Saxton look like Gordon Soley. That's how shitty he is. Now, you guys have heard me say many, many times on the Boochcast. I always tell, I always refer to Excalibur as the racist. You do, you do, you do. You ever know why I said that? I think you told me, but I forgot. Here's why. There is footage. There's an article. I actually tweeted this to Tony Khan about Excalibur in promos saying the N-word. Blatantly saying it with the hard R and everything. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's saying it with an A at the end trying to be cool. He's saying it with the hard R Pointing at a black wrestler. Now, Kevin Steen is in that video with him, but I'm not giving him any shit right now because I don't do guilt by association crap. Yeah, I hear you. I don't do that. This is strictly for Excalibur, cutting this promo. Now, you notice nothing's been said about him. You're right. It's surfaced around the internet and nobody says shit about it. Meanwhile, he this, this, is, this, is how, this is how much of a mark Tony Khan can be sometimes. Right around the time when the riots were happening and everything yeah. was getting burned to the fucking ground and yeah. because of police brutality and all that. Yeah, I remember that. Linda Hogan, Uh-oh. Hogan's ex-wife, made a post about the riots. 
Now, she didn't say anything racist, but she was talking about how wrong it is and condemning the actions. So that automatically made her racist. That's, that's how that shit works. So Tony, the mark that he is, decided to read to reply to the tweet and said, congratulations, you can join your husband in being permanently banned from future AEW shows. So what he's basically trying to say is, Hulk Hogan is a racist. I don't condone racist behavior, so I'm going to ban the Hogans from my show. First of all, Hulk Hogan has expressed no desire whatsoever to go to AEW. I never heard the rumors. Now, if you pay him enough money, he will, because he's a businessman. And I know the reason Tony's saying that is because his fan base, his target audience, his key demo, the internet marks, all have hatred for Hulk Hogan. So if I condemn Hogan, they'll love me. (laughs) Meanwhile, Excalibur blatantly is saying racist shit and yet still gets to sit at that broadcast table. Mostly because he spends most of his nights jacking off the elite and letting them bukkake all over his face. Jesus. I'm, although I'm sure he takes the mask off first. That's why you can't see the cum stains on the mask. That's probably why he wears the mask. I, I, I'm willing to bet that's why he wears the mask to cover the cum stains that are still on his face. He just went gator. We're going to get letters. Uh-oh. Yeah. Fuck Excalibur. He's a racist and he's untalented. The only purpose he ever served in AEW was educating the fans on who these outlaw mud show pieces of shit were that the Young Bucks signed in because they were all friends. They're all their friends. That's it. Now that we have pretty much established who all these people are, we don't need this mark at the broadcast table anymore. We already got two of the greatest broadcasters of all time at the table. True. We don't need Excalibur. That's the part that bothered me the most, was that you're playing favorites and you're cherry picking, and that's not how you do business. If Brian Kendrick is going to be condemned for what he said years ago, Excalibur should get the same treatment. Agreed. Or reinstate Brian Kendrick. That's the ultimatum I would give to Tony Khan. You either reinstate Brian Kendrick and give him a chance or fire Excalibur. Until then, I cannot respect him as a person. Fair enough to say. You, I could agree. I could agree. I could agree. So, moving on, moving on, moving on. Do I have any more subjects? Actually, I don't. I'm tired. And... Anyways, Vinny, you got anything else to say? Uh, no, I'm pretty much good for now, but uh, we oh, can... This is a short show, but I like it like this. I, I mean, it is, man. Yeah, we yeah. we don't have to go hours. Plus, like I said, we have a three-hour cutoff with Anchor, yeah, so we can't go forever. But uh, anyway, this, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up uh, this week's episode of the Boochcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Zach, as always, I appreciate you for joining me. Of course. I look forward to seeing you later this week for NXT. And yep. so, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Breaker. Breaker. And Google Podcasts. And Google Podcasts. That's right. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there. Or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash The Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. We also have a special link pinned to the top of this page, uh, with the Facebook page, which is called The Trish to Stop. The Trick to Stop. This is a nonprofit organization that serves individuals that suffer from a hair disorder called trichotillomania. It's dedicated to help prevent an uncontrollable habit that can be life stunting. Right now, currently, uh, my friend Kirby, who runs this organization, is currently involved in a contest and she needs your help. So how you help her is you go to app.voodle.com, V-O-O-D-L-E, 
actually you can go to the Facebook page and click on the link. It will take you right to the page. And what you do is you can click play and listen to the video and hear her talk about trichotillomania. Or if you already heard the commercial at the beginning of the show, it's pretty much the same thing. And just click on the heart to like the video. Once you click on the heart, you'll have a little sign-up sheet will come up. All you got to do is enter your name and your email address. If you're not comfortable entering your email address, find an old email address you used a long time ago, enter that in. Doesn't matter. I did the same thing. Doesn't matter. All you have to do is put in a name and a valid email address and sign up. And, uh, and by signing up, what you do is you enter her into the contest. The more votes she gets, the, the better chances she has of winning the prize. And the prize she's she's uh competing for is for a ten thousand dollar grant she wins a ten thousand dollar grant for her non-profit organization to help people with trichotillomania now kirby herself suffers from trichotillomania so that's why she is putting this foundation together to help other people just like how she had to help herself so you can help out a great cause and you don't have to donate any money Money donation is optional. Uh, I don't even know where you would go to donate money for this because I haven't gotten involved in that. All I've done is cast my vote. And that's all you need to do is just cast your vote to help her win this $10,000 grant. Like I said, the link to this will be at the top of the Boochcast Facebook page. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Also, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, that's where we got all of our YouTube content from Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring, archived watch parties, funny skits, holiday videos, D&D One Shot. All of that is available on the Boochcast YouTube channel. Also, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified so you'll know when the new content is dropping. We got new episodes of Dark Side of the Ring dropping soon. We also got some archived watch parties that'll be posted soon. So make sure you guys check that out. Also, this Thursday, I'll be reposting our St. Patrick's Day video. So make sure you guys check that out. If you haven't already, spread the word to wish everybody a happy St. Patrick's Day. Also, make sure you guys follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live uh, wrestling watch parties. Our next guaranteed one will be Sunday, April 3rd for night two of WrestleMania 38. Now, originally I had planned to do one for night one of WrestleMania, but I recently discovered that around the time this pay-per-view is happening, I'm going to be on a plane flying back to Atlanta from Dallas, Texas, because we're going up there for WrestleMania weekend. Because we're going to be doing WrestleCon on Saturday. We got a big, we got a special event with Matt Cardona on the 31st, and on Friday, April 1st, we'll be performing at Hyenas Comedy Club in Dallas, Texas. I'm going to have links to that uh, coming soon. But uh, I'll be opening the show doing stand-up, and Buff and Michael will be up there telling live stories in front of an audience, telling stories, answering questions, putting on one hell of a great show as we're up there. So right around April 2nd, Saturday night, we'll be flying back to Atlanta. So unless the team wants to get together and do their own night one of WrestleMania, which I might have them do, uh, there won't be a night one stream. But night two will definitely be happening. So be on the lookout for that. We'll have more details in the coming weeks. Also, we got our live D&D show, which will be taking place later this year. We're just trying to get all the, the kinks worked out, but we'll, we'll be bringing that to the Twitch channel. And, of course, we got some gaming 
coming to the show. Um, we got uh, Elvis in charge of that. He's got his Oculus that he wants to use for special things. And, of course, this past Friday, uh, the WWE 2K22 came out. So Elvis and I are currently in the process of getting everything together so we can get the My GM mode working. Uh, hopefully, by the time this podcast is released, we will have started that. If not, it will definitely be started this week if it hasn't already. So we're getting all that together as we compete in the My GM mode. Elvis puts a roster together, I put a roster together, and we compete to see who can book the better shows. So the question is, on the Boochcast, who's the better booker, Vinny Bucci or Elvis Delinsky? Find out when we do the Boochcast GM battle or the Boochcast booking battle. I just came up with that name right here, right now. The Triple B is coming to Twitch very soon. Also, you guys can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We got three levels you can donate at with prizes coming soon. The first level you can donate at is for 99 cents per month. This is for the people who want to support the Boochcast but can't because you either got a lot of bills to pay or mouths to feed. The last thing we would ever do is ask our fans to break the bank or sacrifice a payment to help out the Boochcast. If all you can do is listen to the show, you're already supporting it. All we would ask in that case Share the link. Spread the word. Tell your friends and family. Get people to support the show. The more listeners we get, the more successful the show can be. So if you can't donate money, but you can help spread the word, that's just as valuable to us. But if you want to donate some money, but are in a hard financial position, you can use this 99 cents per month level. Why? It's just 99 cents. You won't miss it. It's not a big deal, but it'll be a big deal to us. So... Because the more money we raise, the more we can help out the show. So every little bit helps. No matter how much you donate, you are helping the show and we are grateful for it. The second level you can donate at is for $4.99 per month. The same amount of money we would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock. So don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. I know ever since it got sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put the $9.99. So take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. And the best part is all the money that we raise goes right back into the show. We use it to upgrade our equipment, we use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast successful. So if you got a favorite co-host and you just believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. Also, you can cancel at any time. So once you start, you know, putting in a monthly donation, you will be billed every month for that donation until you cancel. Now, you will not get a refund. You'll just stop putting money in. And you are welcome to cancel at any time. Also, there's a privacy policy that Anchor has if you want to review it to see how they process your personal data. I can tell you right now, we don't get to see your personal data. We don't want your personal data. The only money we want from you guys is the money you're willing to donate to help this show grow and thrive. We don't want to fuck over our fans. We love our fans because we know without the fans, there is no Boochcast. We love you guys and we thank you for your support. And then if there's any money left over after we've done 
all of the other stuff. We use the remaining money to feed Zach Scott here ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>